Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Just like a little start another whole game but here's part two. There you go. Are we back? Are we back? I'm here. Wow, you're all broken up. Is that me? No, probably me. Wow, I can't understand anything, but I hear you. Can you hear me and understand me? Hello? I hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're clear. Who's underwater? I don't know. I need out. I was waiting for the host to appear. Well, I got dropped off. I presume that the call had to be restarted again. Is that correct? That is correct. It's just restarted, yeah. Okay, so is she back on? What's her name again? The girl. Hang on. Her, her, her name's Ashley. I'm checking the board right quick and see who's on. All right. Is she on right now or not? Mm, everybody's on but her. She may yeah, not realize she, it dropped. She probably will. All right, well, I'll wait until she gets that. Yep. I'm gonna, if you hear a noise, I, I'll mute out, actually, because I've got to cook some lunch. It's been a long day. Yeah, 1.30 in the morning, 1.15 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to cook? Oh, yeah, I'm a good cook. That's a problem. I got really good. I was always a decent cook, and I could always cook food that was edible and good for you. But I don't know, about five years ago, all of a sudden, I just became a connoisseur of leftovers and really making them taste delicious. I don't even want to go out anymore, you know? The food I I make is 
better tasting and, you know, you can eat in your underwear or whatever you want to do, watch a movie while you're doing it. <laughs> hey, Colin, you, you yeah. don't want to give you don't want to give the name out. We were on a call a few weeks ago with a guy in Indiana. I said he's Julie, twenty-five, twenty-five son of some sort, and we told him, dude, stop what you're doing. Because you know we mentioned paper terrorism in that guy's case too. It was ridiculous. Well, the thing is, the thing is, I support the concept, okay. And the thing is, it, it is what I you know. I wrote a long dissertation, and of course, um, Mr. Jules himself, who's in Britain. You know, it's pissing all over me. I think you read all that crap. But the fact of the matter is, is um, there is a lot more people doing patriot, what we call patriot idiot stuff, okay, um, than the people who do things, you know, quote unquote, legalese way. The reason why I chose, I chose. People don't understand it. Like I chose when I was in college to do construction work and work with my hands, so that I didn't have to, you know you know, get overweight and fat and then have to go and go to the spa and spend money on that and be, you know, millions of dollars in debt. You know, I mean, people don't understand that. I, even though it doesn't go along in, with their paradigm, I'm a thinking man. I choose things for a reason, you know. And it's 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 like, you know, bringing lunches. Like when I was in D.C. and I had like five or six properties at that point and people asked me for money, I sat them down and said, here's a chalkboard. Now, let's take you. You're broke, and you're asking me for a couple bucks, right, you know, to help you out. I said, what are you going to do with that money? You're going to go spend it on stuff I wouldn't even spend it on. You're going to go spend $1.50 on coffee. Then you're going to have to get an ounce turnover. Then you're going to have to get fries. Then you're going to have to get – I said, by the time I went through his whole day, his whole week, I showed him. I said, you could buy two of these buildings with the amount of money you waste on junk food and crap. And they all kind of look at me like, Ooh. So, you know, you, you know, the choices that people make, you know, some people think about their choices, and a lot of people don't. So, well, in these cases, it's a lot of threatening letters too. Instead of saying like interrogatory and and just being courteous or cordial, they're making a lot of threats. If you, I'm going to do this if you don't, you don't do what I say. To, you don't need to be overly courteous and courteous, and you don't care about honor or all that other. Those are nonsense terms. Look, here's a, the only thing that matters in the facts: what you can prove or what you can convince a judge that you can prove or the other side that you can prove. And usually the best way is to prove it. It's that simple. Hey, you did this and this happened or they did this and you did this and this happened, like I was saying a minute ago. Yeah, what's your authority? putting the pieces together. The end, look, everyone makes mistakes. That's not the issue here. They used that mistake against her, not for her. That is the end result. And I think we would all agree you know, as I sit here and cook, it doesn't matter how fancy I can make noise and throw stuff in the air and chip-chop stuff. It tastes like crap. The end result is what matters. What was the end result? What was, what was the intent that was shown? Clearly, their intent is not to help her. Clearly, they've been working against her. That, in and of itself, is a violation. You can't work against somebody, whether it's legalese-wise or paperwork-wise or prejudicing people. You know, all of that stuff is working when you work against Why, why is that? That's You're talking about the CPS agents not being impartial? Is that what, is that what that means? Well, it doesn't matter whoever it is, whether it's the, the, the adopted grandparents, whether it's the, the agents, whether it's the, uh, the, the judge. It doesn't matter. 
if there, if there, if everything, if you can show and lay, and like I said, look for patterns. I always look for patterns. I can't help it. It's the way I'm made. And that any surfer, anyone who's ever been windsurfing or sailing, they'll. This is part part of what I think is built into me, because you always look at waves because you know when the big wave is coming. Okay, people always call me the weather man. Well, how do you always predict the weather? I said, well, it's simple. Weather comes in phases of three. And mark me if I'm wrong. Okay, it comes in phases of three. You've got hot weather and then back to the cold weather. Then another hot weather and back to the cold weather. And then another hot weather, that's three. And then guess what? Now cold weather goes out the way the hot weather came in. And then vice versa. That's how the seasons work. Okay, it's real simple. We go, oh, can you predict? What's up? Well, there you go. It's real simple. One, two, three. Here's the third one. Guess what? Now we're going to sit there and go into, into spring, and you're going to see cold weather pop every now and then. You're going to see maybe a week of cold weather, then maybe two or three days of cold weather, and then maybe one day of cold weather. And, it's, and then it's gone. Now you're into super hot weather. You know, and so and everything works in phases, in phases. So I'm seeing patterns here. Now once you see a pattern, you can see that these people are not you know, whenever she did that, what she told me, what I heard her say anyway, was that she felt like, and it was quite apparent, that the, that these people who adopted her were not really on her side. They were distrusting of her. And they were alienating her from her own family at a very early, you know, at almost for the moment that she was adopted. Well, that is why I got the clue. It was like, okay, what they're after was the young kids. I mean, really, that's what was really going on, and she came with a young kid because that made them look good. But in their hearts, if you want to call it their hearts, in their hearts what they really wanted was these young kids. There are people who have an addiction to having young kids around them for whatever reason. They don't have to be molesters necessarily, but they, it gives them purpose, particularly the older people get. I mean, I actually used to use that as a solution when I was opening up... Um, uh, it's kind of a combination. I saw a need. There was a need for homeless kids to have some, uh, um, what do you call it, some structure in their life. And then you had a whole bunch of old people that needed something to keep them alive to live for. And what all I did was I would buy a, I would buy a house and then rebuild it with the ramps and all that stuff so that older people could live in there. And then I brought some of the younger people in that didn't have any structure in life. And it worked beautifully. Okay? But that was a, that's a uh, you know, win-win situation. Here you have two people that want young kids around them, and guess what? The young kids that they got through her, her uh, brothers and sisters, or I guess whoever it was, or bro- I don't know if they had brother, sister, or sister, sister, or brother, brother, but now they've grown up, and now they want to replace them with two young kids again. And so they're doing the same pattern over and over again. There's a pattern of activity. So now, you know, I'm gonna, when I present this, I can present this and now show the evidence just with a short amount of time I was talking to her. And can I convince you of this? I think so when I show you the activities that, hey, wait a minute, they had a final order. And how, how do we get to this final order in the first place? Well, it started off where, you know, you know they had time with Aaron. They were, they were joint custody with it, but they could make a decision. And then it went to this, and then it went to that, and then it went to this. Now we finally got a final order, and before it's even the ink is dry, it's already changed again. That clearly is a pattern of activity, and patterns of activity shows intent. And that's how you can show how she was harmed, injured, uh, deprived of a right, however you want to phrase it, common law, uncommon law. It, to me, it doesn't really matter. Use whatever terms you want. In the end, you have a, a, a an actionable, you have something that is actionable. 
that you can go to the court and say, hey, I got some bullies that are picking on me. It's unequal, and I need you to equalize it. I need relief. That's what it means, to, to get relief. That's what a cause of action is about. You, if you don't have a cause of action and the court can't give you, or the court can't give you relief, then there's no point in going to the court. But that's why you do go to court, because there is a cause of action, and you want the power of the court behind you. That's why we're hoping to get the sheriff report. Huh? That's why we're hoping to get a sheriff report because we think that would be a useful tool to say, hey, why? There's no evidence. Why are y'all picking on her? Well, that's why, you know, I need to look at what the court orders were and I'll go and find a pattern in it. And because they're going to have to, whatever the court sees is the only thing that the court sees. People also fail to recognize this. All of these letters and 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 um, uh, what is it called that, that they're doing? Um, bills, um, and what are the other ones? Um, notices. All those are just different forms that can become evidence. They become exhibits. Hey, I noticed you something and you didn't pay attention to it. That's just the way I I happen to do things. I like notices. Okay, I'm going to do a notice, or I'm going to, I'm going to send you a bill and let you know that you this is what it costs for me to you know. However you're doing it, you're making communication instead of no communication at all. And when you're not getting any kind of proper response back and they're not denying it, you've now got evidence, don't you? Whether it's a motion, whether it's a notice, whether it's a um, uh, a, a letter. Uh, those letters to me are really weak. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, letters really don't require anything and they don't have any real, you know, it can show a pattern, but it's kind of like, um, how can I equate it? It, it? In law, it would be the same thing as quoting lower court cases. The courts can take it into consideration, but it, it's not, um, it doesn't bind them. But when you have uh, proper notices and uncontested affidavits and bills and things like that that you can now exhibit, and they're not crazy talk, but real straight and fact and factual, um, it's going to be hard for them to get around it. That's why you do public information requests. I was going to do a show tonight, uh, or actually this afternoon, about the tax stuff again. And um, because uh, the person that I was going to do it with was frustrated because they had uh, requested a public information request, and they went, and they didn't respond. And I know what that's like because I did the same thing about three years ago. And then I told Steve, well, what do you expect? And of course they're not going to respond because they don't have... What they're supposed to have, that's the point you did it, and we forget. And I put it on one of the shows. I said, what I'm going to do from now on is every time I file something or I do anything, whether it's a letter, a notice, or bill, whatever, I'm going to put a cover page on there, a reminder sheet. Hey, Colin, you know, six months now, three months now, the reason you did this was so that you could prove that they could not make a response because they didn't have the evidence necessary to show that that person or that business entity, that taxable business entity exists, so when you did a public information request for it, you're supposed to do three or four of them, so you're saying in the court, hey, I gave them every opportunity to produce the evidence that this person, this taxable entity exists, and they didn't provide me with it because it doesn't exist. It leads the court and me and everybody else to believe it doesn't exist. And, okay, can they bring it today? No, they don't have it today. Well, you know what, Your Honor, based upon the fact that I've asked them several times, did a, you know, a, 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 a request, a public information request, and they fail to respond, first of all, that's improper right there according to statute so-and-so and such-and-such, such, which requires them to answer, da, 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 da. but at the same time, they don't have the information that they're required to have in order to make somebody be a taxpayer. 
as defined. So therefore, obviously it can't be a taxpayer if they don't have the evidence of somebody being a taxpayer. That's the reason that you did it. But you figure, oh, well, they didn't respond to my information request. Well, they're not supposed to respond. You didn't want them to respond. Otherwise, how can you show the court that, hey, I asked them 15 times and they didn't provide the evidence. That means they don't have it. So we forget this stuff. So from now on, I'm telling people, anytime you do anything, I don't care what it is, put a little cover sheet for yourself for idiot who did it. Hey, idiot, six months from now, you're going to forget why you did this. Here's a reminder. Okay? I always tell people, people go, how come you're so good at doing this? Because I treat myself like an idiot. Because I know I'm going to be an idiot 10 minutes from now because I forget shit really fast. You know? That's why I I, I would never leave my kid. Because I know, you know, I, I'll go out and I'll get lost for, you know, hours on him. So I've learned, treat yourself like an idiot. Never leave him. You know? How could, you know, what, you know, my kitchen is clean all the time. Why? Well, because I'm lazy. I don't want to let the food get dry. If I just ate off of a clean plate that was clean and it's still kind of moist and wet, well, I needed half a drop of soap, rinse it off, it's done. The time it takes to do it now is so much easier than doing it later when it's all crusty and dried up on there. That's just me. You know, stitching time saves nine. And on and on. I treat well, myself as an idiot, like a dumbass, a lazy idiot, all those things. I mean, but set yourself you up for rest. Habits. Huh? Set yourself up so you can rest all you wish. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, because when you're running three or four businesses, you have to maximize your time and your efficiency, you know, all the time. And that's why I'm able to do, you know, do this talking out one twenty-five. Is that an old biblical saying, why well, put off for tomorrow, what you can get done today? Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And some people think that what it actually says is, why do today what you can put off for tomorrow? I mean, I think that's kind of got, got it twisted around, you know? Or why do it when you can get someone else to do it, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I like it. I like it. It's, you know, my mom actually told me this. She says, because I had a big job or something to do that I was really worried about doing. She says, well, go do some housework. I said, what? She says, yeah, housework is great because it's like takes very little bit amount of time. It's something you know how to do, and you have immediate positive reinforcement. I thought, oh, okay, so I'll try it. Guess what? It's amazing. It's when you clean your house and it looks organized, your desk looks very like, well, dude, wow. Makes you feel so much better. Okay, I can accomplish that. Now I can accomplish something else, you know, something bigger. And that's another thing. We need to piecemeal. We look at this thing and we look at the big picture and go, oh, my God, it's daunting. It's too overloading. All right, we'll just do one thing. Just do one back on the call. She's back on the Hi. call. All right. Hey, hey, y'all. Sorry about that. I lost reception. I was in a bad area. Yeah. Well, um, I kind of was covering pretty much everything already. Um, I just kind of, you know, I guess I'll repeat it a little bit, but I, I would, you know, I, I would look for, like I said, you need to send me the documents. It's really everything that the court has, because that's, I'll, I'll go back to that part because I never finished that. The court can only look at what is on the docket, what's before the court, okay? What is before the court? That's the only thing I can look at. And, and, and I always cover more than one subject at a time, if I'm going to be sharing information, so people need, you know, that's what, because I know there's other people on the call or might be listening to this later on. So I'll, I'll also state things that are specific to this, but also general. So what that means is, is that when you bring an action, when you're the plaintiff, 
the only the incidences, only the things, your causes of action is what the court can address. And these attorneys and other people will try to hijack it and they'll try to make it some other uh, issues. And all you have to do is say, motion to strike, right? Move to strike, irrelevant, immaterial. And they go, oh, well, uh, it's, it's, well, don't open the door. Don't talk about it. And, and by not talking, you say, no, it's irrelevant. I did not raise that issue. That issue is not before the court. See how beautiful that is? I didn't raise the issue. If they want to bring a suit after this suit, that's fine. And, of course, that's what you do with a counter-complaint. That's how you hijack somebody's, uh, somebody's claims if you have a good counter-complaint, but you have to be prepared because you now have to prove your claim as if you, you just brought a claim for the first time. And people fail to do that. It's a great strategy, but you need to have your, your shit together to do that. You need to have all your causes of action. And then your counter-claim will come first. And if you're clever, you can get the counterclaim to get rid of it, get their stuff dismissed because it will show that they're engaged in some sort of criminal act. But you've got to be really sharp on your toes. You've got to be fast. You know how to put it on there and put the evidence together. And that's how you do it. And a lot of times you do an affirmative defense. An affirmative defense is the most powerful because when they don't have the elements necessary to bring an action, the court doesn't have jurisdiction. And that goes to capacity as well. They don't have capacity. You know, the problem in your case is that you gave them capacity. You gave them jurisdiction because, according to the law, you essentially abandoned your child, your children. But don't I have to be properly adjudicated for that aspect to work? Well, in, in anything, that's exactly, anything in law has to be, uh, the evidence has to be before the court. That's what I'm getting at. I want to see what was before the court. I need, you know, if you've got the whole jacket, I would want to see what the court is looking at. What evidence did they have before them? What affidavits did they have before them? What testimony did they have before them? What, you know, finding a fact, conclusion of law. I'm going to do the same exact thing that a true judge would, would actually do. I'm going to look at the facts. I'm going to get a, you know, a, a finding of facts. What are the facts? And what is the conclusion of law? Now, if you're raising an issue when you bring an action and you're saying, hey, look, here's a pattern of activity. Now the court's going to look at the court documents differently, aren't they? Because how many times have you, people heard me say, take whatever they filed in their case, okay, turn around, get a certified copy of it, and then file it as an exhibit in your case. And people are like, what? That's their exhibit. That's their evidence. No, because I'm claiming that this is evidence of their collusion to deprive me of a right. Now the court's going to look at it. Is this evidence of collusion to deprive me of a right? Oh, my God, look at there. Yes, it is. Here's a pattern. Look at exhibit A, B, C, and D. A, B, C, and D. You can see how it goes from here to here to here to here to here. Now, the other court may sit there and say, well, yeah, but in between that, in between A and B, she did this and this and this and that, and in between C and B, she did this and this and that, therefore justify that. But if they can't justify it, then guess what? You've proven your case that, hey, you didn't do anything that was more, that was worse or bad or, or anything else to cause them to go from here to here. And I don't know if you did or not. I, that's why I'm saying I don't even want to think about it. I don't even really want to hear about it because I want to look at what the court had to look at because that's all that matters. What did they put on the rock, uh, on the court record for the court to make an adjudication of finding a fact and then conclusion of law? And that's another thing. A lot of times these courts don't have any law to back up what they're doing. They just well, make the a way- conclusion. They make, they make a finding of fact 
and then they make a conclusion of law that's nowhere to be found in the law. To even understand what finding a fact and conclusion of law, conclusion of law means, where in the law are they authorized to take a particular action? If the law does not, see, this is what people fail to understand. They can only do that which they're allowed to do by law, which was granted by the people. Right. Unless, of course, you, as a party to the action, agree to it. And this is where things get so gray. And that's what happens. The courts become a proponent for whoever side that they want to take. And then they pretend like they are party to the action. When in actual fact, it's only supposed to be two parties, or if there's more than two parties, obviously more than two parties. But generally speaking, in a situation like this, you've got party A and party B. And if party A and party B come to an agreement, the court is just merely supposed to witness that agreement. And that's not what happens. The courts invariably take sides and invariably becomes a party to the action. And that's what you need to now you can show that the court, in fact, has interfered. You see what I'm getting at? So I'm, when I look at the documents, that's what I'm going to be looking at. Well, how did the court interfere? How was the court prejudiced to begin with? How did the court facilitate um, this, the end result being you deprived of a right? Did they uh, allow create promoter in any way? And in doing so, obviously, they deprived you of the equal protection of the law, didn't they? And, in, and, and the prejudice, in my opinion, and it's always been the opinion of the court, is that you, and the law as well, I can explain case law on this, that it always prejudices in favor of the mother when it comes to children. It's a natural prejudice. And it should be there. So no reason not to be. Well, in my I mean, ignorance, I agreed to CPS's proposal of doing the joint custody. So all the... I, I, got, I got that. I got that. And, and I'm going to, you know, if I was to make it, help you with a case or something like that, which I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that, but I can at least lead you in the right direction. Maybe some other people can help you. But I was concerned about your age. You know, 21 is considered age of majority. So it's, it's going to be difficult. But what you could do is mitigating circumstances was to show that, hey, wait a minute, I was adopted, had a hard life, and I did this and that, and I've been struggling for life, and I didn't know anything about the law, and I didn't know anything about contract, and I really only wanted the best for my child. You know, let's not forget, and you can raise this and put stuff in there. The story of, uh, what was it? Um, well, I'm not 21 right now. Huh? I'm not 21 right now. You what? I'm not 21 right now. Well, how old are you now? I'm 29. All right, you're 29. So all this, but this happened back. It all started when you were 21, right? No, I had my daughter when I was 21, and she was six when it happened. This happened three years ago. Oh, okay. So you were actually, yeah, you're you're well on your way to your 30s then. You know, uh, you're 25 or 26 then, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna say that's a hard one. That's that's a hard nut to crack because you're supposed to know better. I mean, they even hold people accountable at 18, so it's really going to be difficult to do that, you know. Well, I'd, but, be, I'd be approaching this as them being my property. Well, you know, if that works for you, that's good. Um, I have I've heard claims that it works. Um, I have yet to see it. I have yet to see a case. Uh, no one's ever sent me a case to show me in writing where, where it happened like that. Not saying it doesn't. Um, and, you know, if it works for you, that's great. Um, but I, I would still try to show, like I said, a pattern of activity, what was before the court, 
prejudice of the court. Because see, once you have prejudice of the court, then, then, then it voids everything. The contract is void. Because that which is done in fraud viscerates anything, including the court order. I mean, this is pretty much where we're at on every single case here. Is that a void order is a void order. It's not enforceable. Well, it's void if the intent was incorrect or it was done improperly. Or if you're under some sort of duress or they took advantage of you or something like that. I was about to say that I would even put in the case, the thing was, I think it was a uh, Kubikov from Xanadu. I believe that was the story where um, two mothers were claiming that this was their child. And so Kubikov said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut the child in half and give you half and give the other child half. And the one mother was like, okay. The other mother said, no, 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 let her have the child. And that's how he knew which was the real, real mother. So it's kind of that, I think you kind of have that situation, you know, a little bit of that situation here. It's like, wait a minute. You did things because you are the real mother. You did things that you believe instead of having your child uh, being fought over like a possession or a thing or whatever, you didn't want to destroy your child's life, you know, by doing that. It's not, it is not property. See, that's why I, I don't like that. I don't like it, even though um, it, in law it's still considered property. Um, but I find a way to, uh, I call it a right, and the right is a property. See, that, I, was, I, I, was, I use things. Huh? I was certainly threatened into doing the joint custody. Uh, I had no intention of doing it, but they basically, even with my attorney, Everyone telling me, even the mediator that they brought in, okay, well, if you don't sign for joint custody and you take it to trial, then you're going to lose your kids. And I tried to argue that that didn't make any sense uh, because I didn't have anything against me except for the the uh, initial event. I mean, I, I'm, I don't, there's no drug but, activity. Well, no I, I, I get that, but let me ask you a question. I mean, this is typical stuff. I hear this, but let me ask you a question. Can you prove at least reasonably, you don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, but you, can you prove what you just stated that they threatened you and said that you're going to lose your kids if, if you don't sign the paper? Yeah, see there. I don't think it's recorded anywhere, um, at least not that I know of. It's not recorded anywhere. But again, Do you have any I witnesses? Do you have any witnesses? Um, I mean, my parents were there, but they're not going to. I mean, I might be able to trick them into to verifying those facts, but um, they were the only ones that were really there. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How old are your kids now? Uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine. And your ultimate goal is what, to get them back or to get more visitation or what? So I want them back. I don't want this order. I don't – I'm – doing whatever I can to try and find a way to get rid of it altogether because having them involved is not it's not going to benefit anyone but themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, like I say, I, you know, this is this is this is a tough one. I mean, most of them are a lot more uh, overt than this, a lot easier to 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 see. This is a difficult one. Not saying it can't be done. Um but you're going to have to definitely uh, come up with a really good strategy, and basically it's going to be a strategy how to trick them uh, to show yeah. that they're they're not concerned about the children, they're not for the children, they're not for you, or like I said, you've been deprived of certain rights, you know. And see, that's um, what they're trying to do to me because they're still on the offense with this. They have actually tried to open a new case 
uh, new investigation um, that I got served an order. Well, I, I didn't. They left a photocopy of it at my door when I was at work uh, that they want to come in and investigate the home. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's typical what they do. They want to put you under the microscope. And um, and I also and, have another baby now, so they're trying to get in with the baby, too. Yeah, they're trying to get in, take that one, try to take that one from you, too. Yeah, once once they get into your world, man, they 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 want to, you know, run roughshod over it no matter what. And you need to get, uh, basically what you need to get is a an injunction order against them, you know. Um, never... Whenever I had them for the month of July, because that's part of the, you know, the standard court schedule, I had them for July. Well, they wanted, my adoptive parents wanted one of my weekends in July. And they had told me this a couple months beforehand, but I told them, hey, it says in the court or it has to be written notice. I was like, you need to send me a letter. You need to give me written notice. And I even shot a photocopy of the order and sent it to them. Well, they didn't think that, that I, they needed to do that. They just thought they could tell me. Well, come that day, they tried to get them, and I was like, no, y'all never gave me written notice, I told you. And so at that moment, you know, my adoptive father was texting me all kinds of junk, uh, basically threatening me, well, you know, judge, the judge is going to show you this time. He's going to make you understand. And come Monday, we're going to have CPS down your back so fast. And, you know, just, just threatening me, all these things. Did he threaten you over the phone or in person or what? And by text. Huh? Hello? Is anyone else out there? Yes, yeah, she's off. Right. It was by text message. Oh, so you have that evidence then? Yeah, yeah, I have the text messages. Oh, excellent. So there's evidence of him threatening you, correct? Yeah. So he's speaking for the court and using the court as a weapon. There you see you see how you can turn that. Hey, here he is using the court as a weapon. He is clearly threatening me. So at least you have that as evidence. You can show a pattern. See now? Now you're getting somewhere. See, it gives you a little more confidence here. You've got a, a few pieces of written evidence somewhere. You've got probably some other witnesses you don't know about. You could probably ask questions to trick them if you're a good questioner on the stand. Or you could do it and ask you what you want to do as a deposition. And a deposition, you know, you, you, know, you, can, you, you can really play at a deposition because you get them relaxed and get them to say things they wouldn't, and then you can piss them off and get them to yell and scream. I mean, I actually won a case that way. I was, things were going against me for a long time in this particular case. And this guy was a maniac. He really was a maniac. Um, but he was like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. And this guy was smooth. He was smart. You know, he was a young guy, but he was smarter than hell. And he was causing all sorts of hell in the household. And I uh, was married at the time. And he was, uh, you know, what he was saying just put, put my wife at the time in, in, the, in the tears. And, and I didn't know where to go with it. Um, I was saying that he was this and that. The other thing, the judge was looking at me like, well, I don't see any evidence to that. And so the spirit just told me, just hang in there. Just hang in there. <laughs> and when she got into tears, she was really crying. And I just sat there and said, Your Honor, I said, you know, look, look how cold-blooded this man. I mean, he really is, you know, look at this. You know, he's pounding her. I understand asking questions, you know, and, and making his case. But he's just going overboard. It doesn't need to be mean like that and cruel like that. Cause her to tear. He can't see it. And so the judge said something to him about it, okay? Before that, she was totally on his side. You could see it. She was looking at me like, you know, what, you're, what are you trying to do here? You're trying to get him removed from your house under basically false pretext. And the judge instructed him to chill out a little bit on his question. 
and he lit into that judge. Don't you tell me what to do. You're the blue, you're the blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of went, hello, ding, 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 ding. And that's how I won the case. So never underestimate what can be done when you get someone on. Actually, that was not the only time. I mean, I told a story one time where I was being charged with assault and battery. The guy, the man, um, he was an older man, not old, but older, and um you know, he was up there when he was testifying the first time. He was like, oh, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. Oh, gosh, oh, my heart, my heart, my heart. You know, like holding his chest. And oh, the poor little man. But then later on, purely by accident, I was asking him questions that were pissing him off. And he started jumping up and down and yelling and screaming from the stand. And I said, Your Honor, look at this man. You know, a man that goes, oh, my heart, my heart. And I said, he's clearly a liar. And now he's, his heart doesn't seem to be bothered now, does it? And I said that to the judge. I said, you know, what am I supposed to do here? Because I was asking him questions that were telling him. They were telling him where I was going. And that he was seeing where I was going. He was getting upset. He was like, no, you did this and you did that. Because he was trying to cut me off at the pass, which was working. But the problem was he was yelling and screaming. And so the judge calmly looks at me and says, try asking more specific questions. That's exactly what I did, I guess. And that's when I got the idea of what I call pixelating. You know, we paint in broad strokes. We fill in blanks. What you want to do in a court of law is you want to pixelate. Everything is a pixel. What time of day was it? Was it a sunny day? Was it a cloudy day? What time of the year was it? You know, when does the sun set? You know, was it hot? Was it cold? Where were you sitting? You know, in this particular case, his daughter, you know, where were you sitting? What kind of car were you in? Oh, you're in a station wagon. What kind of, what year is station wagon? So now I could actually get the design of it. Where was it sitting in reference to the house? All those details, slowly, they can't see where you're going with it. Because you're not really going anywhere. When you're, when you're based in the truth, all you need to do is, is pixelate a picture of the truth. See, it's not really, it sounds like you're tricking them, but you're really tricking them into telling the truth, which they can hide. And you do that by pixel after pixel after pixel, little bitty pixel after little bitty pixel after little bitty pixel. You know, like on this traffic case, you know, I've got probably six, well, at least eight questions which the officer has to answer. Well, at any time, did you have any information or reason to believe that the car that you were pulling over or that you were alleged was speeding was engaged in any form of transporting a passenger property on the highway for compensation? Well, no. Were there any signs on the car that indicated that this was a, this car was engaged in any form of transportation of passengers or property for compensation over the highway? Well, no. Was there a, a taxi light or any kind of light or any kind of thing on top that indicated it was transporting passengers? No. Was there anything, you know, anything, was it license tag? No. So, you, so in other words, I basically have five, seven, That was funny. Hello? Yeah. Now, teeny tiny questions uh, to, to basically prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this man had absolutely no reason, information, or otherwise to cause him to believe that this car was engaged in any activity subject to the state. So therefore, and then I went through another three or four questions of what, what he did, but what he did is the exact definition in the statutes in the code as to what an arrest is. And then I put that down or I reference it, what the definition of arrest is. And then I put down after that what, and the case law, 
And then the same thing, I reference the statute that requires any time you're arrested to have your, uh, to have the Miranda, you to be, it's called being Mirandaized. The moment you've been arrested, you must be Mirandaized. And if they fail to Mirandaize you before they interrogate you, that's what it's called. When they ask you a question, hello, sir, how are you today? That's an interrogation. Doesn't sound like it, but it is. Yeah. Okay? And guess what? Every single one of these cases will be thrown out because the person you do say, move to strike. Everything, that every piece of information that he got off of your driver's license, anything that he got from you after he arrested your, your forward movement, okay, it's not, it doesn't mean that you're put into chains. That does not what arrest means. Arrest means to stop. Right. The definition is to substantially restrict the movement or the freedom to stay where you are, freedom of movement, or the freedom to stay where you are, either by force or threat of force. That's it. That means you've been arrested. And I always tell people, I said, well, you know, people always go for the gun. You know what I go for? The radio. Because the radio is the most dangerous thing that these officers have on them. Because when they get on that radio and they call for backup, that backup is ready to shoot and kill. They don't need probable cause. The fact that they were called is enough for them. And that's why it's so damn dangerous. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off track, but I'm trying to share with you a little bit how you pixelate. So you need to slowly pixelate. You've got that, you got that text message, and hopefully, you, you know, you want to take a picture of, of it on your phone. You need to do it like yesterday, so you have, and you need a witness, have somebody be a witness, and after David, yes, it was on your phone. They looked at it just in case it gets lost. I mean, there's, there, what, they, what will happen is when they realize that you have something on your phone that's a text on your phone, what the cops do sometimes they'll trump up some some charges, and then they'll arrest you, and they'll take your phone, and then they'll dump your phone. They'll take all the information off your phone. There's all sorts of articles about this now that the cops are are just getting a hold of people's phones and getting all the information off of it unlawfully, of course. Yeah, you probably could print it out too. Well, uh, yes, you can. You can download it and print yeah, it out. Yeah, go ahead and print it out. Whatever they send you. Yep. And you can send it to someone else. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. And then you and see you can use that at the right time you're doing an interrogatory when you start getting them fired up, and he's denied. You get them, you know, you get them to you get them to um, uh, what's it called uh, depose themselves. So you get them to say, oh, how sweet and how nice he is, and then you start going, well, well, you're not exactly that nice, are you? Because of this and that. Well, you're not exactly that nice because of this and that. And he starts getting pissed off. Now he starts showing how much of an asshole he is. Yeah, he's a bit of a hothead. Well, you want to let him, you want to let him see that the beautiful thing about a hothead, if you allow them to pretend like they're a really nice, sweet person for a while, it kind of gets wrung out of their system. And there's only yeah. one place for them to go after you let them. But if you keep trying to get them to be an asshole, well, they'll stay in control. But the moment you allow them to be a really nice guy and, oh, you're sweet and you're wonderful and you sound like a wonderful guy and this and that, you really care about love kids, don't you? Da, 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 well, Wait a minute. Here, you did this and that. That's not, that's not real sweet, is it? Well, Carla, let me ask you. Sorry, you interrupt. Let me ask you a question. Um, like she said, she had the two kids that it's this issue about, but you know they send her the order and all, and they know about the other baby she has. So, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Oh, because they send her or they want to that. get in and check her house. Oh, trust me, they're coming for that baby, hunt. Huh. Yeah, they are. So there you go. No doubt. Uh, for that baby, without a doubt. They they believe that they, that baby's already theirs. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're just going to fit. You're in the, so you got to understand, you're in the way. They, they believe that they have this weird-ass concept that people aren't allowed to make any mistakes, okay? And that's what you have. That's just the train that's gotten out of hand here because you have all these people acting in collusion. That's why what I do is I take a negative turn into a positive. The fact that there's so many of them against you is evidence of what? Collusion. 18 U.S.C. 241 says what? If two or more persons conspire to injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any inhabitant, okay, a mother is an inhabitant, any inhabitant, any state, territory, commonwealth, or district, in the free exercise or the enjoyment of, hello, smile on your face, happiness, any right or privilege. Children are a right, not a privilege, but either way, they consider it a privilege. Fine. Guess what? Even your privileges are secured. Any right or privilege secured by the Constitution or laws, or laws of the United States shall be fined or imprisoned 10 years or both. But people don't know that law exists. That's why I love statutes. Statutes are far stronger than common law ever was or ever will be. You go look at, look at the, um, the recent Tilla case. They argued. They said, oh, well, they're trying to enforce a... The, the court said, no, they're not trying to enforce a common law right because the common law right is limited. They're enforcing Tilla, which is an extension of the common law right. It gives them rights that they didn't have before. And people say, well, the Constitution didn't give you any rights. Well, USC sure shit does. You couldn't sue them in common law and do the stuff that, that, that we, that, you know, under 18 USC 241 or 242, to, if anyone under color of law, uh, statute, code, or even uh, what they call, what they call custom, okay, to use that to deprive somebody of the right. Well, that's also what they're doing. They're using color of law to deprive you of your, of your right to have a child, to be a mother. See, that's how, being a mother to me is common law. I don't consider my, my kid property. I consider my right to have a child and to be left alone with my child. That's my property. Mm. You see how I did that? So I don't take away my humanity. To me, common law is about humanity. Yeah. That's what it is about to me. They consider, you consider property, I'm going to stand in court, but you consider my child to be property, Really? Well, I consider that to be my flexible. Okay, I'm going to use Collins. I believe, and I have reason to believe, and I can prove it scientifically that that child over there is my child, my flesh, and my blood. Anyone want to deny it? That's my flesh and my blood. What does it say in the Bible and everywhere else about common law? Even all of the laws that we have, it even says it in the Constitution, they shall not draw blood. That's my flesh and my blood. You have drawn my flesh and my blood. Mm. Now, which one do you think is more powerful? My property or my flesh and blood? You've taken my flesh and my blood from me, and I can do a DNA test and prove to you that's my flesh and blood that you have taken from me. You have no business taking it. I don't give a shit what. All the laws, all of them will tell you, cannot corrupt. It's called corrupting the blood. Sorry, uh, Colin, just to sum up, basically, I believe she needs to get the paperwork from the record, you know, mm -hmm. the court file, and she can also get the uh, record from the sheriff or police department uh, if they're a criminal charge or investigation, and, you know, 
you know, let her start there. Cause I know you've given out a lot of information. That's okay, I guess. Um, but she needs to begin here, I believe. And yeah, yeah. Then we can try to well, on that, for all yeah. this and well, what she was writing. Just problem cause because because under the order that they have already, um, they have presumably before that order was signed, they've already done an inspection of the home and blah blah blah. And if they didn't, tough shit. They have to. They have to start a whole new case, and they have to have probable cause to enter into her house to do any kind of inspection. And there has to be a court order to do that as well. So these these guys seem to think they don't need a court order. She can do an injunction against them for one thing. No, they did create a court order, and they claim they have probable cause, uh, and they claim they have some affidavit and pleadings on file from the department. The CPS has created an affidavit and pleadings. What does an affidavit got to do with a court order? Well, they, do they claim have a court order. Do they not? Do they have a court order? Do they not have a court order? They do. They have a court order. Was there a trial for it? No. Well, why isn't what that's, that's again? You have lack of due process, don't you? That's a, a procedural right there. The same thing with these taxes. They sit there and just create these tax deeds out of nowhere. Where is the court? Where is the court? Where is the hearing? Right. And what a hearing means. And here's another right that's deprived of. You, when a hearing means you have the right to be heard in a meaningful manner. That all goes together. Not just, oh, we're going to have a hearing and ignore it. No, heard in a meaningful manner. Where was the trial? Where was the hearing on this to, to create this court order? Let's create a court order. Yeah, well, I get the court uh, file. That will be important for her to see what they actually put yeah, in Yeah, absolutely. It's that's probably why a bunch of lies anyway. If in order to know, you have to look, you know, go and get it. Well, you can challenge it. Is this in circuit court? Uh, it's family court. Family court. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you can appeal all that stuff anyway. In fact, family court, oh, God, I just read this the other day. What was it? Family court, you can take straight to federal court. You don't have to bypass. You don't have to exhaust. That's the beauty about it, 42-1983, too, is you can do it simultaneously. You can bypass all that crap. You don't have to wait and exhaust all your administrative processes. And I believe family court is the same way. And there was something else, too, that family court is susceptible to. I um, can't remember what it was. Uh, because it's family court, it's not an actual, there's no actual, you know, quote, unquote, cause or claim. It's not like a civil suit, even though it's civil in nature. It's not a civil suit. There's nobody who's been, you know, there's no one who's claiming an injury here. That's why it's kind of a quasi-law. I mean, it's really, and that's why it's susceptible. You can do an injunction and withhold everything and say, hey, you, you, do, it, you do an emergency injunction. If this is what they're trying to do. You have a pattern of activity. I Like I say, well, I'll, I'll be able to give you more. I'm just kind of spitting in the wind right now. But when I look at it, I'll be able to, you know, help you with a little bit of a strategy of what you need to do right now. But it sounds to me like you need to file an injunction because this is a runaway train. And you can see the writing on the wall that they've stolen your, they've stolen your first, you know, the first thing they alienated you from your brother. What, did you have a brother and a sister or two brothers or two sisters? Uh, I had a brother and a sister. Okay. So first they alienated you from your brother and sister because of the age difference. Then they turn around and steal your children, right, which is what, two daughters? Yeah. Okay, so now they're alienating you from your two daughters. Okay, now your brother and sister are grown now, is that correct? What was that? I'm sorry. 
Your brother and your sister, are they grown and have they left the home? Oh, yeah, they are. Okay, so you see what I'm getting at, that they have an empty nest and they want to fill it. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the case. Right, so this is what they're doing is they're trying to fill their nest with your children again. And then, of course, DNS or DNS, whatever the hell they call themselves, which is a completely unlawful government agency anyway, sticking their nose where it doesn't belong, and they believe that, you know, their whole job is to take children away from people. I mean, that's, that's what they believe their job is. It's not about where they put the children. Their whole issue is to take them away. They have to find a reason to take them away, and that's what they're doing. So the point, the point, I'd like to see the, I'm going to have to see the affidavit that might have caused the ability for that, uh, that alleged order. But that order, you know, you do an injunction on it, you get that whole thing to stop, throw it away almost immediately. And then you, like I say, you do your discovery and you do your interrogatories on these people and even your um, depositions on them. And they won't, test, they won't testify under oath to the stuff that, they're, that, they're, that they put on there, particularly when you can trick them to tell them the truth. But I'm going to have to analyze and see what's on the record first. And how would I get that to you? Email works. Okay. Truthmonger, T-R-U-T-H-M-O-N-G-E-R, the number six at gmail.com. You want to just pass your old bed down? <laughs> Truth monger, T R U T H M O N the number six at gmail.com. Did you get that? Yes. Send me uh, uh, what y'all just want to do. I'll give you my phone number real quick so you can text me before you always text before you call me because I might be on a call with someone and I don't want to. You know, pick up the phone while I'm on the phone with somebody else. Um, but I can text while I'm talking. And it's, uh, what is it, 202-809-7593. And you want to, like I say, text me before you call. Text me when you send me the email and I'll look at it. And if I don't find it, I'll text you back and say, see it again. Hmm. And you said 202-809-7593? That's correct. And try not to call before 10 o'clock in the morning. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get... If I'm usually up till 5 or 6 in the morning, I tend to sleep when everybody else is in traffic. Okay, we have Arius on the call. How are you doing this evening? Well, this morning. Okay. Okay, any... Uh... Hi, I'm sorry. My service is so in and out. No, no problem. Let you back say? Yes. Just came from a wedding. It wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna cut on out of here. All right, guys. Yeah, have a good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Colin. You're welcome, Thank brother. You. Yeah, I mean, this call been on the other call. I think it was five hours. So I just started this another one to uh, finish this off. I mean, Arius, if you want to say anything or anyone else.
Yeah, it's a little long-winded, especially the with Colin. His his style over the years has gotten a little rough, you know, hard to follow sometimes. But it's it's simple. You imitate what Mike and Carl and everybody's saying. Build your record, build your case, strategy, interrogatory, little little, little steps to uh, use against them. Show that they had no right to do what they did. Follow the right paperwork and get it done. <laughs> yep. They keep mentioning that title 42-1983, but it's basically, if you can show that they had no right to do what they did, everything else that comes under that is nonsense. has no bearing on it. If you can't justify how you've got to where you are, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, actually, as you heard, uh, time and time, what, all through this, what we've been talking about, you know, um, get you know, make sure you uh, get that baby safely away. Okay. Yep. All right. You've been warned. You've been noticed. There you go. Okay. Next order of business, or I'm going to wrap this up. So, if I could sleep in tomorrow a bit. But I, I say that, but guess what? I get up like 7 or earlier. So, just like it's already there. Anyways, let's see. Yeah, Arius, you want to talk a bit? We haven't heard from you in a while. Okay. Anyone else would like to speak? Or forever hold your feet. There you go. I'm going to keep it moving. Mike, you would like to say something? Okay. (laughs) I was just reading the chat, guys. Anyway, this has been a, shall we say, interesting call at times. I hope, um, Ashley, you got some answers. Um, it's a lot clearer than before. Um, so there you go. Um, Okay, Arius, I got your message. I'll just type in okay. There you go. Yeah, she having a 
Our service is cutting in and out. That's what basically Aries type is. So, what, she she get married? You said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't asked all that now. <laughs> she may have fell in love, you know. Sometimes it happens quickly. It happens. <laughs> I'm not going to... Anyway, basically her answer is no. <laughs> anyway, she typed in the chat no, so I guess no, she didn't get married. He went to a wedding. So anyways, uh, I'll just say love happens. Was it a white wedding? That's a good song. A what? White wedding. It's a good song. I don't even know what it means, but it's a it's a rocking song. White wedding. Never heard of it. That's Wild Fan. He knows all those good rockers. Billy Billy Idol? Mm, I can Google it, but no, not 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 this I'm gonna I'm gonna have to punch that up on YouTube. Now I'm I'm gonna hear it now. <clears throat> I'm gonna listen to that with Lawfin's uh, favorite song, uh, Godsmack. I stand alone. If you want to keep the call going, I can do some singing. Pretty good. Go for it. No, I ain't gonna. <laughs> I always think the li- hey, the listeners might not like that, but who knows? I'm just trying to keep it moving. Um. So as I said, we cover a lot. I think. And I'm gonna just say this. On these calls, or I just say basically, I just figure it's sort of like a round table. Everybody sit down and talk about, discuss things. Um, it's good to, well, I try to hold my composure, if you will. Sometimes I do get angry. Sometimes I want to lash out. But God keep me. God help me. Um, I don't do it. I mean, and so, but each song you got to work on yourself, every part. And I don't curse. I just thank God. My dad was a pastor. I was my mom and dad used to go to church, so they never cursed in front of me. So that's really not in my vocabulary. I don't even slip and curse. If I did curse, I have to go out my way to do so. And I like to use my words. Express how I feel or what I'm trying to say. So, I just want to say, if it's easy to get a copy of a non-existent criminal case at the time of the uh, initiation of all this, make copies of it and start placing them in everyone's record that is against her, like CPS ladies and whoever, just start placing those notices somewhere where they can see them 
that's a start right there. If that doesn't change anything, it's definitely a good start. Because mm. if, if you're operating like that and there was no criminal reason, and, the, and if, if you can find a statute that shows that, because they recognize statutes, that they had no right to do it, that let's say you can only kidnap a kid if if there's a criminal investigation, something that really looks like that, or a case file, and show them that they had no right to do it, and you've checked the record, you got to wake up some uh, some people to say, uh, we've got a problem here. She is a, She's awake. We're in an old crap position. Be like that Alabama story where Carl was talking. <clears throat> Somebody just showed up with the the, the those people's children, dropped them off. And he was saying he should have had fun with it. But they were saying, whose child is this? I guess they didn't want to be create a record that they returned the child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then they would look guilty. All right, guys. Uh, Mike, you have any more you'd like to add or say? I'll just talk to see if anyone else. How about you, Ashley? You have anything you would like to say? Uh, not at the moment. All righty. All right, Arias, you're next. You have anything you'd like to say on the call? If you can. Okay, Rodney. Rodney K. There you go. Nah, I've said too much. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, as I said, I'm going to go ahead and end the call. And it's been lovely. And we just all get along, I'll say. By law, so, he's on the chat. Yeah, there, just... What was that? Proceed. Somebody is starting talking. Go ahead. Somebody yeah. jumped in there. Not sure who. It is me. Keeps cutting out. Oh, Arian. Okay, so how was this wedding? Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get going. It was it was good, but everybody's starting to come back, so I'm not going to be able to listen. Okay. You look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you got Sprint. <laughs> What's that? Are you okay? No, well, kind of. Sprint service. I, I was sprint. trying to, but my service sucks. Right. My service. All right, then. Um, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this call. Um, 
The chat will be open. So, but I'm going to just sort of terminate the call. I think it's okay. Oh. You know what? You said a lot of us said that. Alicia. Alicia. I was fucking down. Alright, I'm gonna go Good night, Arius. Good night, all. God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.